Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? I am all too well tonight, Amy. Oh, there's some kind of Taylor Swift thing happening. Well, that's that's a fair guess. Yeah, I don't I don't even know. I saw you mentioned that in a a text thread with some people and I I got nothing. You're welcome to explain that here. Well, I mean, that's all. Okay. Just You're all too well. I'll I'll be the better man here and and move okay. on. Okay. Hey, but hey, we got to hang out this week. We did. We did. You came to North Carolina to the state convention annual meeting and I was there Tuesday. I just came over for the day and uh it was a it was a long day because I was trying to get there by 8.30. So I had to drive from Wake Forest over to Greensboro. And then it went, you know, all the way to about 8.30 at night. So uh, a, a long day, but well worth it to be with North Carolina Baptist. It was worth it until the end as yes. well. Because we got to hear H.B. Charles bring the house down. Just really a great meeting from start to finish, for sure, on that day. And I, I live streamed the night before. And uh we got we we can talk a little bit about that meeting in a minute, but we got some special uh, some special treats from friends of the pod. Did we ever? Did we ever? I haven't even gotten through everything yet. So oh, I, I've not even scratched the surface. Yeah. Hardly. So sweet thirty one. You know, yes, Aaron Wallace messaged me last week and said, "Hey, we're bringing you sweet thirty one. His wife yes. Melanie is one of the the people at Sweet Thirty One Baking Company, and they came to the annual meeting. And they brought us goodies. And I didn't even get. I need to. I need to send them a message because they they get got the bags to you, and then uh, you you got them to us, to me and Keith. And uh, man, I just uh, what I've had so far, I love. So definitely, yes. yeah. So, Sweet thirty one. Yes, all all that that we've talked about on the the podcast here, folks. It lived up That's to the right. hype, and then some. That's right. I mean. Just amazing. Yes. And the chocolate chip, like I've had, I don't think I've had the snickerdoodle yet, but I've gotten everything else. I've had a little bite of everything else that they've had. This chocolate chip, the the molasses cookie. I loved that. I thought that was phenomenal. And then the oatmeal chocolate chip. Oh my chip goodness. Was oatmeal chocolate chip well. is incredible. So. And I mean, thank you, Melanie Wallace. Thank you, Sweet 31 Baking Company. Folks, trust me. Go check them out. Um, there's they don't really have a storefront. You can order it online. So sweet31bakingco.com. Order them online. Support missions. The whole thing. It's it's amazing. So we're big fans, and they brought us stuff, and they're awesome, and they're our favorite friends of the pod. Now. This week for sure, for sure. Absolutely, yes. favorite friends of the pod, at least for this week, and maybe all of November, and who knows, maybe all of 2021. So. Uh, that's what happens when you bring us big yes. goods. All right, hey, let's jump into it. Before we do that, before we get to our news, we do want to thank our sponsor each and every week here on the podcast, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. The ministry landscape is changing faster than ever, and ministers of every calling need versatile training for today's church and marketplace. And so in partnership with Dallas Baptist University, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary is now enrolling students in their new MDiv MBA program with a biblically faithful foundation, hands-on ministry experience, and contemporary business training, this is a program for tomorrow's pastors, missionaries, entrepreneurs, and lay leaders. To learn more, visit swbts.edu slash mdivmba. That's swbts.edu slash 
M-D-I-V-M-B-A. Uh, I should see some of them next week whenever I'm in Louisiana. See a couple of our friends from Southwestern will be over there. And I'm going to a Southwestern dinner at the Tennessee okay. Baptist Convention on Tuesday. My wife's an alum, as you yes. know. So there's an alumni dinner at the Tennessee Baptist Convention on All Tuesday. Right. So I'm going to go to Very that. Very cool. I'm hitting two conventions this week, too. Tennessee and Louisiana. Because the Tennessee one, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's local. So you were just at North Carolina this week, I guess. Keith was at SBCV in Virginia. And uh, so he went up there on Monday. Oh, I, yeah, went to the homecoming. I stayed home and uh, streamed North Carolina Baptist online just so that we weren't both gone, you know, for two days solid. And then I got up super early on Tuesday morning and he drove from Virginia to get to Greensboro. And so then we were there uh, all day and then had to, you know, follow each other caravan home Tuesday night, but, you know, state convention time, it is, it is a a busy one, but you're keeping the roads hot. Yes. It's, it's a bit treacherous at times. I guess so. Yes. So ask, ask that deer in West Virginia or what's left of it. Right. I'm, I, if you want to talk about okay. that, you're welcome to, but you know. no, I'm, I'm still traumatized okay. with that one. That happened, I think after we recorded last week, right? Uh, maybe I'm not sure. I believe it was after we recorded. I don't remember. Yeah. Maybe not. I can't remember it. They all running together now. I mean, uh, we mentioned state Baptist convention meetings, a lot of news from those this week. We're going to go to those real quick, but there were a couple of big pieces that we want to hit on the front end before we get into the nuts and bolts of them. And we really want to start in Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina as all three states moved to review handling of sex abuse cases. We're, we're seeing the pattern and it's taking shape in very different ways uh, across different states. But, you know, we, we'd already started kind of tracking this beginning with um, California and Arkansas Um, And so now we have Florida. So Florida has recommended to create a special committee to examine all policies and procedures governing sexual abuse allegation reporting, sexual abuse survivor care, and sexual abuse prevention within the Florida Baptist State Convention. So this was approved by the State Board of Missions uh, during its meeting on Monday and then adopted by the Messengers on Tuesday. So this lets them review policies and procedures of the State Board of Missions, Florida Baptist Children's Homes, Lake Yale Baptist Conference Center, the Baptist College of Florida, and Florida Baptist Financial Services. All right. So that's what they did in Florida. In Georgia, they voted to create a special committee on the prevention of sexual abuse to make recommendations for developing programs, best practices, and policy guidelines for preventing sexual abuse. And so this was a, 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 an opportunity to um, really demonstrate they want to, to make sure they are doing due diligence to ensure that Georgia Baptist churches are safe for everyone. Uh, that's kind of how Thomas Hammond put it. They will appoint one member from every region to serve on this nine-member special committee. So it will be chaired by the convention president, and then they would make recommendations for uh, ways to encourage churches on how to handle um, sexual abuse. North Carolina Baptists, which this was uh, announced on Tuesday, the executive committee had unanimously approved a motion in their meeting, in their board meeting, and this was the, the executive committee of the board of directors. They 
they unanimously approved a motion that directed state convention officials to conduct a comprehensive view of existing policies and procedures related to sexual abuse awareness, prevention, and response. So that review will include all state convention ministry areas, which uh, is conference centers and camps, um, Fruitland Baptist Bible College, and, uh, you know, in anything else. And so that that will be conducted by the state convention executive staff. So uh, in these cases, they weren't really, I mean, they might've been approved, like in Florida, it was approved from the floor, but these are cases where sort of the, the executive boards were taking the initiative early on to say, uh, we're, we're going to open this up for conversation and um, examine our policies, also look at how, how we can encourage churches in this area. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of movement. You mentioned the ones before. We're hearing there's more coming. And there's actually a couple others that passed this week. I think Texas That's right. the SBTC That's right. SBTC did as one. well. We just don't have a story about that one yeah. yet. But that one did as well. And I, I think we're hearing more about others coming in other places next week as well. So we're getting there. We're moving along. And, and things are, are coming to fruition uh, along the, yeah. the lines of just, you know, kind of taking an examination, stepping back, looking. That's right how sex abuse has been handled in our right, states. And how they should be handled from this point forward. And this is something we've talked about a lot on the podcast about how important it is for our organizations and uh, ministries at every level. Um, so that really is from the local church, considering what they need to do all the way up to uh, local associations and how they resource to state conventions and how the state convention entities and ministries operate to our national entities. And everyone has to be a part of this conversation. No one can look and say, well, they're taking care of it. I don't have to. And so I think what we're seeing in response to the national conversation is the states are stepping up and saying, we need to look at how we're doing things here. And that's, uh, in my estimation, is a very positive development. Yes. And we're seeing it in churches as well. Uh, the Caring Well Challenge being taken by churches. Just want to remind folks, Caring Well information and curriculum still out there, caringwell.com. You're going to be seeing and hearing a little bit more about that over the next couple of weeks as we kind of re-engage that a little bit from the executive committee and the ERLC side of things and, you know, encouraging churches in 2022 to jump into that and, and really kind of, if you haven't done it yet, to to do that in your church, to go through the curriculum, put your teams together, that kind of thing. So uh, options for everybody, like you said, Amy, on every level of our system to, to examine where we are examine where we're going, and do better in the future. So uh, good to see this uh, development across the states. And we'll, I'm sure, have more information about that next week as uh, the other states take place, uh, state convention meetings take place next week. All right, another thing in North Carolina I want to highlight before we get to the state roundups, $300,000 given by North Carolina Baptist to the Every Child Initiative that will be done through the Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina. During the meeting on Monday night, Todd Unzicker, the new executive director treasurer of the North Carolina Baptist Convention, announced the Every Child Initiative. It's every-child.org. So there's a dash in there between everychild.org. Uh, we'll put, and, we'll and put a link in the show we'll, notes. So yeah, we'll put that. a link to it. Yeah, so basically they want to end homelessness for children in... North Carolina, which is, is fantastic. Just amazing. 16,000 children in the North Carolina foster care and adoption system. And their goal is for local churches to get involved to end this, to, to 
say, you know, hey, we will take children in our church. We're going to do the training. Uh, the Every Child Initiatives allows the state to go and train churches on foster care and adoption in their churches so that they can do that in their local context. So just a great thing by the North Carolina Baptist Convention. Really excited to see that from Todd Unzicker and the North Carolina Baptist Convention. I'm telling you, I, I've, I've never been to a North Carolina Baptist meeting, Amy, but if they're all going to be like that, count me in every year. There you go. It was amazing. It was I, I was very, blown away. Very positive. Blown away. Yes. Blown away. I mean, everywhere I've gone has been fantastic this year. So, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed all my trips, honestly. But uh, the North Carolina one blew me away. So it was amazing. All right. Uh, one more thing before we get into this. Some big news out of Iowa. Uh, we talk a lot about CP allocation percentage, the amount that is passed on from the states to the national level. Iowa Baptist this week announced that they are moving to 75% on to national CP, only keeping 25% in the state. That's wild. And moving to 75%. So amazing, amazing from Iowa. Yeah, that's uh, that's really wild. So they had voted in like 2014, I think, to increase from 20% percent to 50 percent and then in 2020 they increased to 60 percent um, but they they have done a lot of things they sold their office building a few years ago they've done just uh, kind of cut down some expenses their income has more than doubled since 2014 they were looking at the numbers and they said um, you know what we're going to move from 60 up to 75 and it's a it, it that's just, I was stunned when I saw that really stunned. So they say, we feel like we, we feel like we're doing everything we ought to do to reach the people of Iowa with the resources we have. And with our excess resources, we want to contribute to national entities. So that was u- unanimous from messengers at the annual meeting. Well, I mean, who, who would vote against right. that? Right. Um, the state, what they've also done is they've created an opportunity for churches outside of the state of Iowa to join in their cooperative work through the Great Commission Baptist State Convention. So they have kind of a, a Great Commission Baptist state organization that they are doing that allows churches, and, and it mentions it in the story here, like Hope Church in Nevada, to join with the Baptists in Iowa to basically partner with them to get more to the nations through the IMB. So um, just a kind of a neat and, and just inventive way. Great job of leadership yeah. there by Tim Yeah, Lubinus. just very different. And that's that's a not a typical thing where you have churches from a different state, you know, in that are partnering, but it does happen and it can because churches can partner with any state Baptist convention that they want to affiliate with and that they make that agreement with. Um, most partner with the ones in their home state, but you see that sometimes with like, um, some in the Memphis area, you know, sometimes you'll see Mississippi churches in the TBC, or you'll see Memphis churches in the Mississippi Baptist convention. You see it sometimes in the, um, Virginia, Maryland, you know, uh, that whole area, there'll be some that cross state lines. So it, uh, that, that kind of partnership is, is different, but people have their reasons. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're going to go to rapid fire. Look, folks, there's a lot more info at Baptist Press on all these links. They're in the show notes. So if you hear your state and we don't cover it a lot, I'm sorry, but we don't want to be here four okay. hours. All right. Uh, and, and you don't want a four hour podcast to try to listen to and wade through all the state stuff. So here we go. We start in Illinois. 
Yep. Messengers to Illinois Baptist State Association. They met in Springfield where they approved a 2022 budget with a cooperative program goal of $6.2 million. They will maintain their current breakdown of 56.5% kept in the state and 43.5% forwarded to National CP Missions and Ministries. They elected new officers. Heath Tibbetts was elected president. He's from First Baptist Church in McChesney Park. Vice President Michael Nave, he's from Cornerstone Church in Marion. Recording Secretary Brianna Trowbridge from Samaria Missionary Baptist Church in Albion. And Assistant Recording Secretary Charlene Moe, member of Chatham Baptist Church. So those were uh, kind of the big, big announcements there. They did a few other, few other things, but that's a big one. So we go to from, I'm going to, Kick it to you in New Mexico. New Mexico Southern Baptist approved a $4.135 million budget for 2022, which includes a $418,000 and change increase over last year's budget. And also they will send on 29% of all undesignated funds from churches to the executive committee for cooperative program distribution. The rest of it, the 71% will stay in the convention for their ministry use. Messengers elected Ronnie Cooksey, the pastor of Sandia Baptist Church in Albuquerque for a second term as convention president. Also re-elected Monty Mullenix, pastor of First Baptist Church in Bloomfield as first vice president. And Matt Saloria of Bethel Baptist Church. He's a pastor there in Alamogordo as second vice president. So a good meeting in New Mexico. Amy, to the far west we go. Yes, so the Hawaii Pacific Baptist Convention, they met virtually on Zoom and Facebook Live because they still have some ongoing COVID restrictions, especially since their region is so wide and people are coming from different islands. You got to fly, things like that. Uh, So they met via Zoom. They passed a $1,796,300 budget for 2022. That's a 24% increase from the uh, previous budget. They are allocating 20% of CP funds for national and international Southern Baptist missions and ministries. They elected officers, uh, President Shane Okimoto. He's from Waikia Baptist Bible Church in Hilo. First Vice President Johnny Hom, Associate Pastor of Nuuano Baptist Church on Oahu. Second Vice President Brian Frabel, he's Pastor of Kona Baptist Church on Hawaii Island. And Recording Secretary Grace Poey, a member of University Avenue Baptist Church on the island of Oahu. So it sounds like that was a great virtual meeting and um, hopefully they will be back together in Honolulu next year. So now we're going to move all the way back to the East Coast to West Virginia, where among the statistics that you're about to share with us, there was one casualty, which was the deer that you hit with your rental car. All right, keep going. (laughs) Uh, You could have just said we're staying in the West and headed to West Virginia. Nicely Um, done. But yeah, so that'll work. So yeah, there were uh, a 126 messengers and 29 visitors, 28 plus me uh, at this one in West Virginia. And a great event. I mean, too, they they were at an event center uh, in West Virginia over there in Tridelphia. So that was kind of cool. It was a little different venue than, you know, kind of being in a church. So it was kind of neat to be in that. Uh, They passed a budget of $1.6 million for 2022. And they are increasing their CP percentage sent outside of the state by half a percent. So... 
they are moving toward a 50-50 split, and this year they are at 58-42. So still got a little ways to go in that, but they are on that path to a 50-50 split in West Virginia. Uh, new officers include President Aaron Slager, pastor of Living River Chapel in Sutton, West Virginia. First Vice President Jason Spade, the pastor of First Baptist in Princeton. Second Vice President Ryan Navy, he's the pastor at River Valley in Huntington. And Recording Secretary Jonathan Eubank, pastor of Witcher Baptist in Bell. One thing, Amy, to note real quick, though, in this one, they also announced a partnership with the Baptist Theological Seminary in Trujillo, Peru. This is the first time that they've actually had like an international missions partnership. So they're going to be very intentional with their international missions to Peru. And they were encouraging the pastors to take church members and and go on trips down to Peru for missions projects engaged with local pastors in Peru to be able to reach both Peru and beyond. Uh, Because, you know, sometimes visas from the U.S. don't get you into certain countries, but a visa from Peru might. So... Uh, kind of a neat strategy there from our friends in West Virginia. And Amy, to Michigan. In Michigan, they met in Plymouth and had a big vote there where they passed a 5% increase to cooperative program giving for national and global missions. They moved from 275 to 32.5%. So that's pretty big. And that was in a $2 million budget. Uh, New officers include President Roy Henry. He's pastor of Faith Baptist Church in Battle Creek. First Vice President Ed Emmerling from Westside Baptist Church in Flushing. Second Vice President Roland Caldwell Sr., pastor of Burnett Baptist Church in Detroit. Recording Secretary Jerome Taylor from Eastgate Church in Burton. And Assistant Recording Secretary Michelle White, she's from Middle Belt Baptist Church in Inkster. And so they had uh, had a good meeting, 157 messengers and guests from 58 of their churches. So sounds like a great time. Uh, check that story out because it gives a lot more detail of what, what all they did. Uh, but why don't you take it and tell us about New England? Yeah, over in New England, I mentioned the Peru partnership from West Virginia. New England is working with the IMB and partnering specifically with Europe. So they'll be doing kind of a similar thing with uh, European partnerships from churches in New England because they share a very similar post-Christian culture. Uh, It says in the release here, they had 131 messengers present for their annual meeting, passed a $2.4 million budget, which is 2.2% up from 2021, also elected some new officers. Um, Their CP giving 20% is forwarded out of state onto national and global missions and ministries. New officers include President Stephen Woodard, pastor of Nashua Baptist in Nashua, New Hampshire, Vice President Lierte Suarez, pastor of Precision Valley Baptist Church in North Springfield, Vermont, and Framingham, Massachusetts Baptist Church, and Recording Secretary Sandra Colo. Amy, they also reported 32 church plants added to the region's total, so that that's pretty incredible. A lot of church planting going on in New England, and uh, pretty exciting to see that, so... Down to the deep south, Amy. We got three big ones here. We start in Arkansas. So we uh, had already covered the the sex abuse motion in Arkansas, but kind of digging into some of the other details, they had 493 messengers who attended there in Cabot, Arkansas, and they approved 
a cooperative program budget of $21 million that doesn't change from last year. They are giving 45.8% that forwards on to national and international SBC causes, but they also approved a new budget formula for the next five years, and that will increase the out-of-state CP allocation to 46.5% by 2027. They also elected new officers. That was President Larry D. White, pastor of Woodland Heights Baptist Church in Conway, First Vice President David Mitchell, he's from Mount Carmel Baptist Church in Cabot, and Second Vice President Johnny Harp, pastor of Lakeview Baptist Church in Cave Springs. All right, why don't you tell us a little bit about Florida? 970 messengers met in Lakeland, Florida at Lakes Church, and they approved a 2022 corporate program budget goal of $29.15 million dollars. goes on to national and international cooperative program ministries. 49% stays in Florida. It's the same distribution they've had since 2016 when Tommy Green came as executive director and treasurer of the convention. It's a $650,000 increase over last year's $28.5 million budget. They also nominated and elected without opposition President Paul Purvis, a pastor of Mission Hill Church in Tampa, first Vice President Dwight Woods, the senior pastor of Family of God Baptist Church in Panama City. Second Vice President John Bozard, a layman at First Orlando. And Secretary Randy Huckabee, who's a pastor of First Dade City. That's Florida. Up to Georgia. All right. So in Georgia, uh, as we already talked about Georgia and Florida and the uh, sex abuse motions that they had passed, but some of the other things uh, that happened, almost a thousand Georgia Baptists came together in Jonesboro, and they approved a cooperative program budget of almost $37 million. That uh, is a a little bit of a decrease, about a 3% decrease from last year. They are forwarding to national and international Southern Baptist Convention causes uh, at 40%, which uh, remains the same as, uh, as has been. New officers include President Kevin Williams. He's from First Baptist Church of Jonesboro. He was actually uh, re-elected by acclamation so that he's he's not brand new but there are some other ones first vice president kyle walker senior pastor of cartersville first baptist church um, second vice president rafael valter he's pastor of iglesia bautista agape in stone mountain third vice president brian moore senior pastor of new providence baptist church in forsyth and fourth vice president Brian Parker, pastor of First Baptist Church in Kingsland. Man, those guys in Georgia. I always forget they that. They are covered. I always forget that until we get they, to that fourth vice they, president. That line of succession, baby, they, they got it are down. Covered. There is, there's no way Man. they will be without someone to moderate. Uh, next year. So, uh, so there you go. They, um, they also did something to say that they were going to focus more of their energies and resources on helping victims of human trafficking in the coming year, because uh, Georgia is one of the leading states for human trafficking and they want uh, Georgia Baptists to be part of the solution to that, the, to the problem. So that was also something very important that they focused on there. All right. We are almost to the end here. How many vice presidents? 22. Well, maybe not that many, but they're, they're, they're covered. Like you said, golly. All right. Hey, they celebrated 25 years in Iowa. I didn't, I didn't even catch that from the other thing. So, uh, so 25 years old and they're giving 75% on to national and international CP causes. 89 messengers present in Iowa. 
at their meeting this year, and they approved a budget of $1.699 million, almost $1.7 million, like literally $88 from $1.7 million. Man, we should have, we, we could uh, have 30, just given them. I, I know, like I'll write the check, the Tim. I'll send, I'll send you a check for 88 Make bucks, it 1.7. Tim, if you roll it up to 1.7. Make the math easy for everybody, Tim. It represents a 36% increase from last year, which is pretty amazing too. Uh, so no shared expenses, 75% moves on from this past, uh, from the budget. So uh, we mentioned that. And then also they elected officers. President Michael Falcons is a pastor at Grand Avenue Baptist in Ames. First Vice President Todd Stiles, he's the pastor at First Family Church in Ankeny. Second Vice President Ricky Rorig, pastor of Crossroads Community Church in Red Oak. And Secretary Jerome Risting of Temple Baptist in Mason City. Over to Wyoming. All right. So Wyoming, Wyoming, they met in Casper. It's a ghost town. Yeah. Yeah. There, there it is. You did it. So, okay. Uh, they met at College Heights Baptist Church there and um, 200 people who participated in their annual meeting. And they came from 41 of their 97 churches. They passed a budget of $1 million. Um, that also includes a hundred thousand for church planting and 150,000 for evangelism from the North American mission board. They're anticipating about 479,400 in cooperative program giving from churches of that cooperative program giving just the 479,400, um, 10% was allocated for Southern Baptist missions and ministries outside of Wyoming. So this is the second year that they are doing that. Um, they elected Dean Whitaker from United Baptist church in Riverton, uh, as president, Ed Tharp, he's pastor of Boyd Avenue Baptist church in Casper. He was first vice president. He's on the EC. Yes, that's right. He's our new EC yeah. member. Dave Brown, uh, who's pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Rock Springs. He was elected second vice president. Sherry Mickelson was elected recording secretary and Don Kenny assistant recording secretary. So I remember those names from the past. Yes. We've sure said they those get, names a few yeah, times. They, if, if you're doing a good thing, just keep on going. So, yep. Sherry and Don, they just keep on going. There you go. Yep. So that does it for Wyoming. And we have traveled quite a lot this week uh, in, in all of Well, we of got our some week. serious frequent flyer miles today, didn't we? Yes. Yes. Imaginary ones, you know, because we're just talking about <laughs> Imaginary it, so. frequent yes. flyer miles. Yeah. But Boy, we'd be, we'd be like A-list preferred if yes, we had that. Yes. Man. So, but we place. have a story about something. I'm going to let you tell this one um, from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. So we will have more information about their meeting probably next week is what I would expect. But uh, the story is already out that they did an IMB sending celebration. So can you tell us about yeah. that? We we actually got the, the state recap story late in the day on Thursday. So probably when you're listening to this, it'll be out on Friday. Okay. So we're recording on Thursday night, folks, because Amy's at a conference. So we're our our recording schedule is a little off yes. this week. So we'll have that but next week. Whenever you listen to this, the South Carolina full story will be up online. We'll have it on the pod next week. But like you said, they did have the IMB sending celebration on Monday night in South Carolina, and they commissioned thirty nine new Southern Baptist missionaries to the nations. So like last year, whenever we saw they did this in Alabama, I believe it may have been the year before. It might have been pre COVID. I can't remember if it was last yeah. year or the year before. They are doing the uh, that's November sending celebration at a state convention. 
So South Carolina was the state this year. And so the other night in Columbia, South Carolina, they commissioned, you know, over three dozen new Southern Baptist missionaries to the nations. So pretty cool. So you can go and you can watch you can watch the ceremony online. Uh, the, the you know they stream all those, so you can check that out. And uh, always a highlight of any meeting, whether it be the national annual meeting in June or whether it be a state annual meeting, you know, in the fall. There you go. So pretty cool. Very cool. Always if if there is an IMB sending celebration in your neck of the woods, yes, you should go. go. You definitely should. Period. Yes. Go. All right. Just. Figure out a way. That's right. All right. So talking about your neck of the woods, Jonathan, if you want to give us a quick recap, there was an SBC executive committee meeting this week. Uh, met met online um, on Wednesday morning. Just a, It was a special call meeting. Um, the members filled a committee on nominations vacancy and then got some updates uh, and, and took care of a few officer things. So do you want to tell us about that real quick? Yeah, so the, the Committee on Nominations, remember, you know, that's two members from every state. One's lay, one's a ministry a job, you know, a church pastor type role. Um, and one of the people from Florida, one of the laymen from Florida, was uh, that was Marta Truman de Silva. And she was uh, had to resign. Uh, so we had an f- opening there. So the EC acting ad interim for the convention filled that role. So that that's just kind of the process for that. So Alvaro Cordoza will uh, serve on the committee on nominations. Yep. So uh, he's a member at Idlewild Baptist down in Lutz, Florida. He's uh, he's over there with our friend Edgar Aponte, Amy. That's right, he is. Yep, at Ken Witten's church. So yep. good friend of the pod. Yes. So congratulations to Alvaro. I'm sure he'll serve Florida Baptist well on the Committee on Nominations. Also, uh, Roland Slade, the chairman of the executive committee, announced some appointments. Now, in the EC, the subcommittees, you know, we had the chairs that those were Andrew Hunt and Archie Mason filling the roles that were vacated by resigning trustees, Robin Hari and Rob Showers. So the roles under the – there were also some other openings – on the secretary and the vice chair of those committees. So Hoyt Savage or has been appointed as the vice chair of the convention finance and stewardship committee, Dwight Easler as the secretary of that committee, Richard Spring as the vice chair of the convention missions and ministry committee and Jay McCullum as the secretary of that committee. So Hoyt is from Nevada, Dwight from South Carolina, Richard from California, Jay McCullum from New Mexico. So that was the, uh, the bulk of the business there. Then also uh, we announced, uh, and I don't know if you saw this, but Bob Neely from South Carolina passed away Tuesday night um, after battling an illness. He brings the total number of members now on the board to 68. So we're we're at 68 total members after uh, Brother Bob's death this week. So uh, a sad, sad note Right. I was very sad to hear that. Um, He was a pastoral associate at First Baptist Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where uh, Don Wilton is pastor and... You know, I went to college in, in Spartanburg, and so it's a, a a very respected church there downtown. And uh, I didn't really uh, know Bob Neely, but I knew of him. So, um, so uh, very very sorry to hear that. Absolutely. So, also heard an updates on legal matters uh, from Bradley, the legal firm assisting us in the document curation and collection related to the independent third party investigation going on uh, that Guidepost is running. So that's a kind of a recap of. What happened on Wednesday? All right. All right. couple more stories to hit. We're, uh, we're, yes. we're going long. We're so, getting there. So let's hit these real fast. Yeah, we're getting there. All right. So congratulations to Chaplain Brigadier General Randall Kitchens. 
he has been promoted to chief of chaplains in the Air Force. Yes. Uh, so this is a, um, it's a Southern Baptist chaplain. And so he uh, had been named deputy chief of chaplains last year for the Air Force, but now he is the chief of chaplains. He has achieved the rank of major general. So this is, is, is really exciting and, and very impressive. He spent decades of ministry as an endorsed Southern Baptist military chaplain, um, Doug Carver, who's the executive director of chaplaincy for the North American mission board was there at his, uh, at his, his service when he got that promotion, but he got the unanimous consent of the United States Senate armed services committee. Um, and that's a, that's a, I think a pretty big deal. So very exciting. Yeah. He will, uh, Hey, anytime you get unanimous Senate right. confirmation, it's on pretty anything, amazing. That's yeah, a thing. Yeah. Okay. That's so a thing. He, if you can get both sides of the aisle to work together on anything. That's right. That's right. That's pretty So he awesome. will lead the Department of the Air Force Chaplain Corps, which is made up of approximately 2,200 chaplains and religious affairs airmen. He will also continue serving as a member of the Armed Forces Chaplains Board, which helps um, the Secretary of Defense and the Joint Chiefs of Staff on any matters that are related to religion, ethics, and uh, quality of life. So really big deal. He has already been serving at the Pentagon um, and will continue to do that. So congratulations, Chaplain Brigadier General Kitchens. And now Major General. Yes, Major General. Major General Kitchens. There you go. Big deal. Salute that. All right. All right, Amy. Big news at Southeastern. Like Keith's just stacking them up over there. Well, uh, they they made a big announcement. Yes. So they've got um, several visiting professors that are joining the faculty. Um, and it was uh, five, um, five pastors, Crawford Loritz, uh, J.D. Greer, Al Jackson, Matt Carter, and James Merritt. So those are, are all people who are um, they're, they're pretty, pretty well known and pretty, pretty well yeah, respected. Just a bit. Yes. So, uh, one of them is my pastor. So very exciting, uh, JD Greer. So, uh, he'll be visiting professor of Christian leadership and disciple making, uh, Crawford Loritz visiting professor of preaching and Christian leadership, James Merritt visiting professor of preaching and Christian leadership. Uh, Matt Carter is uh, going to be visiting professor of preaching and Al Jackson visiting professor of pastoral ministry. So, um, so that the pretty big announcement over there. And uh, I know they're excited to get the involvement of those uh, highly respected leaders. Absolutely. Absolutely. So congratulations to them. Congratulations also to Julio Ariola. Our, our co-worker at the executive committee is now headed to the North American Mission Board to serve as the first director of the SIN Network SBTC. So a church planning partnership between the North American Mission Board and the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. Julio is going to run that and going to start in the next couple of weeks on that. So pretty exciting. He'll uh, be employed by NAM, but work out of the SBTC offices in Grapevine. So he'll be moving from Nashville to the Metroplex and uh, taking over church planning efforts in Texas alongside the SBTC. So that, that's pretty exciting right there. Congratulations for Julio. Really love Julio. I've really enjoyed working with him for the last two years. Going to miss him around the office, but uh, I, it's just a great opportunity oh, for Julio. It's, it's wonderful and um, very, very happy for him. Absolutely. All right, a couple other moves. Gary Ledbetter, 
many of you know Gary. He's uh, been, uh, speaking of the SPTC, he's been the editor of the Southern Baptist Texan for a long time. He's actually moving to Missouri yeah. to be the project manager and senior editor of High Street Press starting in 2022. High Street Press is a publishing imprint for the Missouri Baptist Convention. So congratulations to Gary. And then also just a one final news note here. Franklin Graham had heart surgery this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. You... And it, it just kind of like kind of flew under the radar. Went to the Mayo Clinic and had heart surgery. Yeah, so it was a pericardectomy to repair uh, the pericardium around his heart. Well, I'm glad you got that uh that yeah, word, so uh, so I would have butchered. They it. do expect him to make a full recovery, uh, but obviously he is uh, going to have to rest for now. Okay, all right. Well, Amy, that's going to do it for our news this week. Bring me to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1959, and I got to tell you, I don't think I've told this story before because I feel like I would remember it, but even if I did. It's worth telling again. So sometimes you just got to, you know, have the throwbacks. Uh, so this is in the November 13th issue of Baptist Press. Um, it's about, uh, it's a couple pages down. I guess it starts at the bottom of page two. And it, uh, the, the headline is, Babd- is Sunday School Board Recovers Its Sputnik. All right. So here is what happened. This is Baptist Sunday School Board, which was kind of, that's Lifeway. All right. Remember that. Says the Baptist Sunday School Board. I'm just going to read this entire story. The Baptist Sunday School Board, which launched its own Sputnik 50 days ago, has recovered it. That uh, Sputnik reference would have been very important in in 1959. Sputnik. That was a Russian satellite. Yes. Sputnik, in case you're wondering, happens to be a cat. One which was considerably restricted in orbit since it spent its time trapped underneath the 12-story Baptist office building here. How the cat got there is a story itself. Mrs. Agnes Ford, Sunday School Board press representative, so like the Carol Pipes of her day, she gets many a laugh with a speech she has devised on publicity tricks. She performed for the Southern Baptist Promotion Conference September 22nd, and at the close of her talk, as she spoke of, quote, letting the cat out of the bag, an associate, I guess one of her colleagues, dumped Sputnik from a burlap bag onto the stage of the chapel. So it sounds like it was kind of a joke. She's giving a speech. She says, let the cat out of the bag. They put one out. It's it's like, have you seen John Acuff with a turtle? that he used in one of his object lessons one time in a speech? I haven't. Uh, so he, 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 he was using a turtle, and it peed all over him on stage. Okay, well, here's what so, happened. One of those kind of things. Here's what happened. Sputnik scrambled through arms of several would-be captors and darted through a small hole backstage. So they dumped, the, dumped onto the stage, and then they went to try to get him, and he got away from them. No amount of comeback Sputnik or here kitty could lure it out. A can of sardines, which I guess they were putting out, succeeded only in making the whole building smell like fish. So it says a catechism, isn't that funny, developed as everyone advanced. So many puns in this, even I'm shaking my head. As everyone advanced a theory. Yeah, they said the kit napped cat. 
Uh, anyway, a catechism developed as everyone advanced a theory on what befell the cat. Time wore on. On November 9th, a workman spied the dieted down animal because it had been 50 days while renovating a section of the building, but the cat was beyond reach and moving. Maintenance workers set a trap baited with sardines. A night later, an elusive and hungry Sputnik fell for it. The cat appeared none the worse for its ordeal except for its loss of weight and streak of wildness. It was hard to muse. As it was carried away, the scripture makes some reference to Terry ye here for 50 days, but I must have misinterpreted it. Uh, I think that was a thought that the cat said that. Anyway, so the maintenance yeah, was, workers, yeah, yeah. Uh, the maintenance workers set the trap, put the sardines out, cat fell into the trap. So 1959 uh, had a little, little incident cat living, you know under the building so what would that with the 12 story building i guess that would be under the sullivan tower there yeah. um it would have been so, in the building like in in the, the the van ness auditorium yeah so uh quite something there in 1959 and uh, it was a very important story but sputnik was finally recovered from a trap and some sardines and there was quite a punny story about it this week in sbc history yeah Agnes Ford, I, I bet they never let her in there again. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to make sure Carol Pipes listens to this so that she can hear what. Uh, gonna need her to have a chat with Agnes. Yes, her predecessor. We knew. We knew Agnes was treble when she walked in. Oh wow! Okay, let's keep on going. We're almost done. We need to hit resources of the week because we have had enough one-liners today. Yes, Amy, your resource of the week is. Uh, he's where the joy is. It's a new Bible study by Tara Lee Cobble, and uh, it is getting to know the captivating God of the Trinity. So Tara Lee Cobble is a writer. She is a uh, podcaster and um, really her, her great focus is on encouraging biblical literacy. Her podcast is called the Bible recap. And I actually uh, just heard her speak tonight um, so I have kind of popped in and out over in Hendersonville um, to, I did, did a breakout at the Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum. And uh, so then we'll, we'll have to be heading back soon. But Tara Lee Cobble spoke tonight and uh, she was really phenomenal. And they passed this Bible study book out as we were walking in. And I am really, I'm really excited about this. So um, I happen to be married to a theology professor and the Trinity is one of his areas of expertise. And so uh, it gets talked about a lot in our house. So I'm pretty excited about this Bible study. Yeah. Aren't you the lucky one? Got that. So very cool. All right. Over to my resource of the week. And it's a new EP from... Chris Rensema. So it's uh, it's he released a live EP, Hope or Nostalgia Live. It's from the Hope or Nostalgia tour uh, that was just uh, concluded a few weeks ago. So he's going to do a spring tour as well. And one of the spring tour dates, April the tenth, Amy, Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep, I'm going to have to take uh, I'm going to take Mary to that one. Yes, absolutely, absolutely have to. So uh, I highly recommend if he's coming to your town in the spring, go see Chris Rensema live. Download the album. He's amazing. It's amazing. Second favorite album of the year. Very cool. Behind the one that's releasing today. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, uh, yeah. It's Chris Renz, I, I just can't say enough. I saw him the other day here in Nashville. Did I tell you about that? Mm -mm. So I went to lunch the other day and walked oh, right yeah, past him. He was did. sitting in, in a coffee shop and I was like, 
oh, I want to go say hey, but I don't want to do that because it's Nashville and you don't do that here. So right. I just was like, okay, right. there he is. Cool. Yeah, you can't do that. Awesome. Yep, can't do that. So, all right. Well, that's our show this week. And Amy, we did a lot. We covered a lot of ground today. <laughs> Went all over the place. A lot of state convention meeting recaps. Thanks for bearing with us on all those. Every one of these is important, by the way. Uh, you know, we we try to hit all forty-one every year, and uh, you know, we're well on our way. I think again after today, especially. So, thanks again to our sponsors, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Thanks again to all the good folks in North Carolina for hosting me this week and for just an incredible meeting. And a special shout out to Sweet Thirty One Baking Company. Absolutely, Wallace. Thank you so much. And then Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.